Welcome back to the Fitness for Back Pain podcast. This is episode four. I'm super excited to be talking about the topic of today because it is a near and dear back pain, chronic back pain relief tool uh, to my heart. And it's something that I think a lot of people know about. A lot of people probably do it, but they don't think of it the way that I think of it. Um, and the way I look at this specific tool um, is, in my opinion, groundbreaking. So I think you can really dig out what you do with this tool to really maximize the way you are experiencing back pain. And the activity that I'm talking about is walking. Now, I'm sure you're like, oh, I already walk, or maybe I can't walk. I can barely walk you know, down to the bathroom or, you know, oh, I love walking and, and I have a lot of back pain and I l walk a lot every day, every week. I'm always walking. What's the deal? If you're saying it's a pain relief tool, why do I still have back pain? Well, I'm going to talk about walking strategically, give you some really cool ninja tricks the way I coach using walking as a tool um, and it's going to be awesome. You're gonna love it and we're gonna dive into it deep. Before we get too deep into the weeds of walking, I wanna give you a free guide. I recently just put together a brand new 14-day core strength challenge. So basically what this is, is I took 14 days and I wrote out some of the best core workouts that I think are great for someone who has a history of chronic back pain. Maybe it's post-fusion, post-surgery, uh, whatever your sensitivity background is. I've baked some really cool um, core training workouts that you to follow, but not just that. I didn't stop there. What I did was I added a strategic relief activity to start with and then a strategic relief activity to end with. So every day you've got relief activities that you're gonna be working on that are very simple, as well as a little core workout for you to do that's going to build stability in the trunk, really kind of focus on the trunk as a 360 degree area, not just your abs, um, but and it's all kind of packaged in a 14 day challenge. So if you wanna take this challenge, go to fitnessforbackpain.com forward slash core challenge. I know it's super difficult but it's awesome, go get it. It's gonna revolutionize the way you look at core training um, and give you a little challenge in, in the process. So let's dive in and talk about walking. So there's really three points that I wanna to cover today um, when it comes to walking, when it comes to using walking strategically, because walking is something that I use with all of my clients. There isn't a single client that does not use, or a single, I don't like to say client, I like the word student, because we're learning, right? We're all learning. So I don't, uh, there isn't a single student that I work with that does not walk at some capacity. Now there's a lot of reasons why I like to use walking as a pain relief tool. And it's because it's the easiest, safest thing for anybody with any kind of um, low back sensitivity or history of surgery to do without damaging their body, right? You can work on so much stuff while walking and we're gonna get into, what do you mean by work on? I don't, I don't wanna work on anything while I'm walking. Well, you're gonna know exactly what I mean here uh, by the end of this episode, uh, but it's just a tool that you must be doing and if you're not doing it, you're gonna start doing it and if you're doing it now, you're gonna learn why the amount or the way you're walking isn't going to help. And in fact, I'm gonna give you how you're gonna change it to actually start seeing results from your walking. So 
Walking's a must. You gotta be walking. It's a super easy introduction into moving the muscles. You're getting everything to activate, deactivate. The, the entire body is working as a system while you walk. So it's the safest way outside of, you know, you can go and do deadlifts or extension machine at the gym or do squats or lunges. But if you have a chronic back pain situation, if you're post-surgery, then guess what? These things are gonna be probably scary for you. And that fear is gonna take, go follow you into the gym, onto that machine, and you're just not gonna get the most benefit or even be able to successfully do the exercises in the gym. So let's back it up. Let's start from the beginning and let's just see how well you're walking, okay? So the first point that I want to make when it comes to walking is how you walk matters. Now, we can break this down a few different ways. Are you overly guarded while you walk? Are you walking funny? Are you walking unnatural? Are you walking in a way where your body is relaxed? All of these things kind of fall under this category of how you walk matters. Because what I find with students that I work with and talk with when it comes to walking, and just, just not even walking, just in general, is they are super guarded, right? Fear is a big deal when it comes to chronic back pain, especially if you've been told you're fragile, especially if you've been told you have to be careful because you know, you know, every 10 years, you know, you know, after your first surgery, you're basically on a 10-year calendar and you're gonna come up to the next surgery, so you better be careful. You have all these different things that you've been told. So fear is a big factor. So what happens is that translates into movement. So, hey, look at me, I'm walking. But like on the inside, maybe on the outside, it looks great. Your walking form is spectacular. But on the inside, you're a train wreck. On the inside, you're trying to hold your, everything back super tight. Your shoulders are back, your chin is tucked. Your butt, you're trying to keep yourself out of anterior pelvic tilt because Lord have mercy anterior pelvic tilt is, is, the, is the death of a healthy back, quote unquote. That's, being, that's me being sarcastic, by the way. So you walk around carrying yourself in a way that is not natural. So the first thing you have to pay attention to is how are you walking? If you are guarded, if you are protected, if you're trying to hold something in a position, trying to you're trying to consciously activate your right and left glute with each step. You're trying to activate your abdominals the entire time while you walk. You're missing the point of walking. Right? All that's doing is adding more injury. You're you're adding more of a difficult situation for your body to learn to relax and let go of these achy, painful, tense muscles that you're already dealing with outside of walking. So think about that. If that's you, if you find yourself guarded, if you find yourself modifying and trying to create a new way of walking because somehow you were told that um, it, it's, you know, your, your walking posture is, is terrible. You have to walk and hold yourself a different way. I, I wanna challenge that. And I want you to walk more relaxed. I'm going to walk you through a little bit more of how to do this, how my brain operates. But that's the first point. The second point is how much you can walk and how much you should walk are two different things, very different things. I just recently picked up mountain biking. 
right? I've never like officially mountain biked in my entire life. I used to BMX bike when I was younger. Um, if you were to compare my lifestyle to the average person, I wouldn't say that I'm sedentary because I'm, I, you know, I, I like being active. I go out with my kids. Um, I love being in my garden. I have a huge, that's kind of, maybe it's kind of weird hearing that from a guy, but I love gardening. I grow food. I'm like a little mini homestead here at my house. I got chickens. Yes, I have chickens. I got huge garden beds and I'm active outside of my job, but my job is very sedentary, right? I sit, I sit in my office and I spend all day helping people with their issues when it comes to their chronic back pain. So it's, it's, I have to do the same things that you have to do. If you work, if you're a CPA or you're a lawyer or you are anybody who sits down all day, I have to do the same things that you have to do to keep my body feeling good, not slipping back into a chronic pain cycle. So going back to that, to the whole mountain biking thing, I can physically mountain bike all kinds of miles. I can go out there and ride trails all day. I love it. It feels awesome. It's exciting. But I shouldn't do that this early in the game because I will probably end up cause some achiness, pain, tension, tightness, whatever you want to call it, just due to the lack of not being conditioned or having the resilience in the areas that need resilience to mountain bike successfully for that amount of time. Mountain biking is, is hard on the low back, right? I did like nine miles the other day. My back is kind of sore. Am I scared, worried? No, do I have chronic pain? No, it's a normal feeling. But when it comes to walking, what you have to think about is, I know if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna speak to a couple different people here. Let's say you walk a lot and you're like, oh, I love walking. I walk all the time. 10 miles a day or 10,000 steps a day, but your back hurts. Okay, that's great. Maybe go visit the first point. But the second point is you might be able to walk that long physically, but should you be walking that much or for that long of a walk if you're, if you're measuring this in miles? Because that's a question you have to ask yourself because if you're walking beyond your unique pain threshold, guess what? You're breaking into your pain threshold, which is, means you're going to have pain. You're gonna experience pain. Let's say you are like, oh, I, I, you know, um, I can't even walk two miles anymore. I used to walk two miles, now I can't even do that. Oh, it's, it's, it's not worth it. I can do so much. That's fine. I know. I know. So you mentally, you can walk more. Maybe you used to walk more and you feel like you're not getting enough workout or you're not getting the benefits of walking unless you're getting a good solid eight to 10,000 steps a day, which is miles of walking. But that's just not in your cards right now. So for you, you have to say, okay, like I know I used to or I want to or I can physically and mentally walk that long, but from a pain perspective, walking that much can be detrimental to your long-term relief, right? And this is, I wanna kinda of just frame the people who I talk to, who I'm, I'm speaking to, I'm speaking to the people who want to stop doing 
the things, stretching, you know, exercise just to make, just because like, for example, I had this comment the other day about, you know, my back hurts all the time and I have to exercise. If I don't exercise, my back hurts. Okay, so there's a problem. Like you have an underlying issue that the exercise is just masking. So what you have to do is kind of step away from this this idea of like, oh, I, you know, I I got to keep my walking up at the cost of what? If your if your back hurts, regardless, then we got to look at how you're walking because your walking might be one of the main triggers of your situation. So for example, if you like to walk 10,000 steps a day and it's just like your back hurts all the time, let's look at your walking and dial your walking back. Let's look at mini walks, snack size walks. I love the concept of snack size movement and walks or snack size exercise, snack size workouts, all these small bite-sized amounts of activity add up, <clears throat> excuse me, add up to a lot. So go on a five minute. That's what I, I like to do a lot. Like I'm, try, I try to break up my day because I'm the kind of person who will sit at this desk all day, eight hours straight. Get up for lunch. Get up for the bathroom. Get for my water bottle. Grab me a little seltzer water, and I'll sit here. But I'll pay for that. Nobody should do that. Period. I don't care if you have pain or no pain. You shouldn't sit that much, right? So moving on. That's the thing. It, it's it's one of those things. Like if if you can if you can't walk a lot, then walk a little. If you refuse to walk a little, then break up your long walks into mini walks, into snack size walks that are more manageable. That don't cause so much tension, aches, and issues while doing it. Walk to the point where you feel good, and then stop, and then do that again in thirty minutes. Do it again in an hour. Whatever your schedule looks like. Okay. Third and final point when it comes to walking, we're gonna have, I'm gonna walk you through um, maybe kind of my mind when I'm looking at walking and using walking strategically. And this is a big point, right? Walking for relief is as much as a mental activity as it is a physical activity. One of the biggest pillars of what I teach inside of my strength and pain relief accelerator program. This is my one-on-one coaching program that I, that I do with people. Um, is get the individual to understand that pain is not just mechanical. Pain is not just in your head. You do not just think pain away. Pain is it. So if someone has ever told you, oh, you know, you have nothing wrong with you. Your pain just in your head. Okay, I, I hate that. I hate that. It's not true because symptoms are very, very real. But where I'm, what I'm trying to describe to you is where the signal of pain comes from is up here in your brain. That's where all things come from. Your bicep does not create pain, right? Your erector muscle does not create pain signals. Your brain creates these things. So we have to respect that. We, you have to respect that. And that can go very deep. So if, this, if pain science is new to you, um, let's chat offline because this is something that you, you really have to go all in on this. 
to really understand. And it's really about education. Like education is, is paramount when it comes to that. But when I say walking is as much a mental as it is a physical thing, I mean you've got to get comfortable with creating an environment while you walk that is safe, both mentally and physically. Physically is how long you're walking, how much walking you're doing, maybe the speed of your walking, maybe how you're holding yourself while you're walking. Those are the mechanical aspects of walking. But what about the mental aspects, the, 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 the psychology or the mental part of what you're doing? And this is the way I look at it. One, while you're walking, you've got to give yourself sig like signals or thoughts um, or messages of safety, right? If you sit here and be like, oh my gosh, oh, oh like I felt a twinge, oh no, like my back's gonna hurt, oh, oh no, my right glute's on fire, oh gosh, here it comes, it, like the pain's coming. Like if you do that, guess what's gonna happen? You're telling your brain that you are not safe, which is just, it's already sending those signals because it doesn't feel safe because of experience, mindset, habits, routines, unaddressed issues. So you have to, number one, give yourself messages of safety. And this is going to be kind of like weird for some people. It was 100% weird for me because I'm not a woo-woo, you know, tree-hugging type of like feel-good, oh, it's just hug yourself kind of person. I'm not that person. But this stuff is real. So when I'm walking, or when you're walking, you have to tell yourself, hey, I'm safe. It's okay. Relax. Right? The second point that I like to instruct people to do is to breathe while they're walking. Some people are so restricted and guarded and braced, like their abs are braced. Like everything is just super tight, super constricted. So walking is no longer... A, a means of being able to relax like even even like talking like this like I do a lot of talking for my job right for for my what I do is I, I, I teach a lot well teaching causes tension in my body because imagine like imagine getting up on stage and and speaking after you speak guess what your body's like oh like you feel like you sometimes you feel like you ran a marathon I'm not sure if, you're, if you've ever spoken in front of a crowd, given a presentation. I hate public speaking, hate it. Hated it in college, hated presenting anything, and I still hate it today. I don't like, I feel good in an intimate, small, like relational type of communication, like through video or through like Zoom or an in-person, one-on-one, small group, stuff like that. But on stage or something crazy like that, like I would be wrecked. It's just, it's just not, I don't, it's not my area of, what I love to do, what I feel good doing. But speaking, holding a conversation, in order for you to breathe and make noise and keep doing and doing and doing, your body has to not breathe the way you should be breathing in a relaxed state. You become more of a chest breather. You become more of like a survival breather. Stress, anxiety, worry. If all these things that you deal with, then you're not breathing correctly. Then you're out walking trying to exercise where the oxygen demand is increasing and you're restricting your breath because you're squeezing your abs so hard or you're so tense and tight and scared that you're just breathing into your chest, guess what? That's gonna be an issue for you. Your walking is not gonna be a, a, a tool of relief. It's going to be like a melting pot of, of pain and symptoms and just picking the scab of your injury. 
So how are you breathing? Breathe into your stomach, breathing into your low back. Okay, and I'm gonna quickly run through kind of how I think. Real quick. I'm gonna wrap this up, I'm almost done. Last two points on um, just it being physical and mental is, you know, while you're walking, you have got to learn how to let go of these areas that are very tense and tight. This is, was my experience. Um, if I ever experience muscle tightness, it's in my low back, right? And if I experience muscle tightness in my low back, I can feel the muscles just, just engage. Like, oh, like they don't want me to do this. They, they're kind of sore and tight from all the mulching I did or whatever it might be. You have to mentally put yourself in the area of your low back and talk to that area. Sounds kind of weird, I know. But hey, relax. It's okay. We're good. You can let go. We're good. We can move. Tightness is okay. This is not going to be forever. I'm working through this. This is how you have to be talking and working through this situation. A, a tool that I use a lot um, is a really powerful tool. It's called somatic tracking. And I'm not going to go into details on, on like that because it's a whole other podcast in and of itself. But somatic tracking is essentially your you. How can you describe this quickly? Somatic tracking is like the ability for you to view your pain from a different perspective almost like a third person perspective, like an out of body experience. So you're looking at it from a perspective of just as an onlooker, you're just looking at it in a non constructive, non destructive way, you're just acknowledging that your pain or symptom or whatever it is, is there. But it's not a threat. And you're not gonna try to fix it. You're not gonna try to stop it. You're just gonna acknowledge it in a neutral way. So there's lots of you can go dig you can dive deeper into that, but somatic tracking is a big tool that I use with walking. So let's wrap up with this. I want I want to kind of walk you through. If you're walking right now and you're about to go walk, this is how I want you to think of this. I'm gonna go outside and I'm gonna start walking, right? I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna walk, I'm gonna walk down my, my street. I'm more of a fast-paced walker. If my stride, if I have a long, big stride, it's kind of feeling comfortable, I'm gonna shorten my stride. While I'm walking, I'm deep breathing into my low back, into my butt. I'm trying to calm myself down. I want to make sure the way I'm walking, the, my mindset going into this walk, you know, how my body's feeling, I'm, I'm immediately checking in and making sure that I'm not guarded, I'm not restricted, I'm not... When you sit all day, your back feels like things get tight because you haven't been moving all day. So you go right out and you try to you take that tightness with you. I ninja trick that I use is I don't wait for my hour long walk to loosen me up. I start mentally loosening myself up right away. So you're walking, you have a fast pace going, you're breathing into your low back, you're checking in, I'm not trying to hold my abs, I'm not trying to hold my back, I'm not trying to hold my pelvis in a certain way. With every step that I take, I'm trying to relax, I'm trying to let go, I'm trying to breathe. If I'm feeling tight, feeling tense, if you're in pain, it's okay. We're gonna take a small walk, we're gonna go gentle, and we're gonna pace ourselves. And we might only be able to do a quarter mile today, but we're gonna do another quarter mile in two hours for another break. And then maybe two hours later, another quarter mile. And you're gonna build up tolerance to your, your ability to walk because you'll have the tools to maximize your walk, to make it therapeutic, to make it an environment of healing and not an environment of pain, tension, tightness, and just packing concrete around all those sensations and I'll walk and I'll walk until I feel like I'm walking too much if things start to hurt things start getting weird I'll stop I'll go home 
and I'll chill and I'll, I'll do it again. It, it's who cares how long you walk? Who cares how many steps you get in one go? It's better to feel good. It's better to create an environment of healing to get long-term relief, however long that might take, even if it takes years. It's better to work towards that than to turn it into like this selfish thing where like you just want to like, it's more of like an ego thing, right? Like, oh, well, I, I, well you know, all my friends do this. I used to always, I, I can physically and mentally do this, but you can't. If you're in pain, you can't. So respect your body. Listen to your body on that walk. Slow down. Take it easy. Take breaks. Break up your walks. Talk to yourself. Breathe. Relax. Let it go. Use that on your next walk. And I promise you, it's going to be revolutionary. Like if you look at walking as a, as a time of gentle exercise with an opportunity to mentally relax and physically relax, it's huge. It's huge. You're building resilience in painful tissues. You don't have to go to the gym right away. Start here. Start with walking and do it right. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. I really appreciate all everyone who listens and uh, leaves comments and leaves reviews. Um, I've got some really cool comments coming in that I don't have time to read today. So I'm going to share those on the next episode of just some really cool testimonials and just success stories and people who are just engaged and taking action with what they're learning. I appreciate you. Uh, and I want to honor you just by saying, hey, look how awesome this person's results are becoming simply from taking action putting in the work, trusting the process, and seeing some cool stuff happen. Don't forget to grab that free 14-day core strength challenge. If you're in the gym working out and you are trying to figure out how to train your core, take this 14-day challenge, right? I give you a workout you can follow every single day, and I've also baked in those relief strategies on top and at the bottom of that workout to kind of set yourself up for success instead of just going in blindly and thinking just I'm gonna blow out my core and make it super, super strong to feel better because it's not going to work. 14-day core strength challenge. Go to fitnessforbackpain.com forward slash core challenge. Thanks for watching or listening wherever you are. Make sure you give me a thumbs up, a review, a like, a love, whatever you do on however you're watching or listening this. I appreciate you. And until next time, see you soon.